And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, on today's podcast, we're going to talk about taking kids to Disney. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, I have the best kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves the best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way? Have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T, Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T, Orlando.com. And now, on with the podcast. Taking kids to Disney. And it's a topic that comes up periodically, and I hear a lot of questions about this. And to help me out with this, I've got a guest. And my guest is Jennifer Reich. She's the Director of Partnerships and Marketing for Celebrations Magazine. And uh, Jennifer, how are you doing today? Hi, Dave. I'm great. How are you? I am doing just wonderful. I mean, it's a great day. You know, just always fun to talk about Disney. That's my one of my favorite things to just throw out there as a topic and just anything about it, and it makes it a fun day. I agree with you 100%. And I really love your website, Dave, and your podcast. And I just discovered your two apps. And so you're doing amazing things, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, and thanks for, thanks for the kind words. So we both have kids. We each have kids, I should say. And um, we, uh, we've taken, taken trips to Disney, and, uh, you know, I think we were talking for a couple minutes before we started recording that, you know, you go into it and you think you have an idea of how to take kids to Disney, especially the first time. But until you actually experience it and learn a couple of tips, there's some things that might surprise you a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, kids are just by nature unpredictable, and that's at home. You know, when you take the show on the road, especially someplace like Disney that's far and involves a lot, it, it just is unpredictably exponentially. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's really challenging. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. I mean, I was there recently and um, when I had my kids, and we were, we were going around, I and mean, they were so excited to be there. But lines were not their thing. You know, my kids are pretty good about lines. But, you know, because it was Disney, lines are uh, lines were not their thing. They were not excited about that. When they couldn't get to an attraction they wanted to get to, they'd get upset about that. When we didn't stay till park closing, that threw them a little bit. Oh, interesting. It was interesting. And it was surprising because I hadn't seen that particular behavior before. But I was like, wow, this is okay. This is good to know. 
um, they really wanted to just stay, you know, get there and be commando and be there at nine o'clock when it opened and stay until so the Magic Kingdom was open until midnight. Stay until midnight. And I'm like, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And and you wouldn't have known. And I actually had similar experiences with our family. I think you have to try to kind of really think about your children, how your schedule works at home, what sorts of things they like and don't like. But be prepared that things might change. Um, for instance, you hear people say so often, so many people recommend, oh, go to the park and then go back to your hotel, swim, take a nap, and then come back to the park later. Well, I just knew that that wouldn't work for my kids. And so we've never done that. We go early in the morning and we stay as long as we can. We usually make it through dinner a little bit beyond. And then we go back to the park and relax and swim. And so I think a little bit of thought ahead of time about what your kids are like is really beneficial. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I was going to say. You know your kids as a parent. You know your kids the best. Um, and that doesn't mean that you know them necessarily, but you know them the best. So you want to try and work a schedule that's going to work for you. And you might want to talk to them about it a little bit and see what you think. And one thing I, I like to stress to, to parents, especially the first time they go, is don't overschedule yourself. Don't Don't put so much stress on yourself that you have to do this, this, and this. What you want to do is go into the park you know, if it's your first time going, be there for rope drop. And if you can be there for early um, early hours, um, uh, if you're staying on a resort property and they happen to have early morning hours, I recommend that too because it's a great way to kind of experience the park for a little bit without having to really um, fight your way through a lot of crowds. And then you can kind of see how it goes and see what your kids do and how they react to things. And do they like the characters and do they like the dark rides? Because those are the kinds of things that are going to help dictate how your day should go. And I'm so glad you mentioned the dark because mm-hmm. that's something when we took my sons for the first time, they were ages two and four. Something I really was surprised by was how um, rides that I didn't ever think were scary at all suddenly were scary to them. And so we quickly realized that we weren't going to make anyone ride anything they didn't want to ride. Um, we really were good, my husband and I, at describing the ride, you know, like, oh, don't, this is a ride about da da da, and this is what happens, and this is what it's like. You know, we watched other kids coming off the ride, and if they weren't crying, <laughs> that was encouraging to my kids. Um, and my kids, my younger son especially, quickly learned to prefer the rides that were outdoors that he could see, like Dumbo. Mm-hmm. He would love to go on, but he was a little more hesitant to go on things that he couldn't see. And so um, it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I have um, my uh, my nephew. He loves roller coasters, and he he just loves them. And they went to Disney recently, and they got in the line for Space Mountain, and he just totally got freaked out because Space Mountain is inside. And so he wound up. They wound up having to leave the line, and that's okay. You know, it's fine. You know, my brother was pretty cool about it. He's just like, let's just step away, and we'll go do something else. That's fine. But you have to be prepared for those sort of moments that just surprise you because you don't know that that's going to happen until it actually happens. Exactly, exactly. Another thing that we found to be helpful to sort of manage expectations is before we went on our trip, we looked at the videos and the DVDs and we did a lot of research online and we had each member of our family choose their number one must-see ride for each park. And so that way we really, really focused on getting those in early and then um, we knew that, you know, we would have, it would be a success already because you've already seen the four things that you absolutely must see. That's a great idea, and that's a great tip, and something that we didn't have when we were growing up, certainly. Um, the ability to look at a YouTube video or a Disney DVD and actually see the attraction and, and watch it and enjoy it and experience it. Um, and you get a sense of what it's like, even though you don't feel the motion of it. You get a sense of what it's like and whether it's dark or whether it's scary and what kinds of things might be there. Exactly. In fact, there were some 
some some rides that I thought ahead of time on later trips when my kids were a little bit older. I thought that they would like, but I knew they might be fearful of. So we looked at YouTube videos so they could see a little bit about what it was like, and then they felt comfortable riding them. You're absolutely right. That's great. It's great a, advice. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great tip. And for parents who haven't seen the the ride either, sometimes you don't know if something's appro- age appropriate in some ways. And I don't mean because of the content material necessarily, but you know, sometimes it just you know the kids are a little fearful and. You know, as, as a parent, you get a chance to see it ahead of time and decide if it's right for your kids. That's a good point. And also, in addition to the Internet, it, what can be helpful are guidebooks. You know, there's lots of guidebooks out there. Um, one of them by Tim Foster is called Guide to the Magic for Kids, and it talks about things to know ahead of time. Like, is there anything that might be scary on this ride? Probably not. And so reading a book like that could also make a kid feel more comfortable to give something a try. Because it's hard for a parent. You've spent a lot of money on this trip. You've maybe researched it for a long time, and you're excited. And it can be difficult when you go, and your child refuses to go on. You know, it's tough to be a bug or something yeah. that you were looking forward to. So you have to kind of find a balance. Yeah, and the other the other part is, too, if, you know, as parents, I have, a, I have some friends that are going for the first time, and their children are, I think, four and two. And um, she was asking for some tips and advice, and I said, you know, I think one of the things you need to think about is think of some of the things that they want to do, but also think of a couple of things you and your husband would like to do. And if there is something that you want to do and the kids don't, utilize the baby swap. You know, help yourselves out a little bit. Um, You know, that's basically one of you gets to ride the attraction while the other one holds the kids, and then as soon as you come back, then the other one gets to ride the attraction and watch the kids, you know, so you switch. And cast members will help you do that. You know, they they help you, you know, figure it out and, and negotiate it. But it's, it's actually a very clever way that you can see some of the attractions that you want to see, even if your kids don't want to see it. And they get the experience of kind of being there and being a part of it, even though they don't go on the actual ride. So maybe they're not big enough or, you know, they're not interested in some way. But you can still experience it if you want to. And you need to decide as a parent if that's something you want to do with your kids while you're there. Um, I think more seasoned veterans tend to do that a little more just because they're used to it. But first-timers, maybe not as much, but it is an option you have available. Exactly. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it, baby swap is something you don't see much information about in the actual parks. I don't think there's a lot of signs and things to tell you about that. So I'm so glad that you mentioned it. That's good. Yeah, that, that's one that you know I think gets lost along the way. People don't realize you can do that. And, and really, just in kind of a quick summary, what you do is all of you wait in the line, usually. You get to the front, and uh, the person who wants to ride rides, and the other person stays with the kids, and then they just basically switch when, they, when you come back. And it's all you know, well set up by Disney. They do, a, they do a good job of managing it. The cast members are great with stuff like that. And they'll help entertain the kids while you're riding the ride, too. So um, <laughs> it's always fun. That is terrific. That's great. Yeah, so it, um, it, uh, it, it's a really good way uh, to kind of experience things. If you think you want to do something a little different um, and maybe off, you know, off a little bit, of course you can always do things like um, my wife and I do this because I, t- I don't typically ride roller coasters. So when my kids were little, I'd, have her, I'd let her go on the roller coaster um, if she wanted to, and I'd just take the kids and we'd go ride a kiddie ride. And it was, exactly, and it was yeah. perfectly fine. You know, that worked out well. They enjoyed it. They got to spend time with me, and we got to do something, and she was on a roller coaster that she was enjoying. Um, and now they're all bigger, and they enjoy riding the roller coasters with her, so I'm off on my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. That's great. That's great. Well, it's neat. We talked a lot about things that scare kids and some other rides. I wanted to mention um, some things that scare parents <laughs> that you might want to be prepared yeah. for. Those are things like, um, you know, your children getting lost and things like that. Was that a concern when your kids were small? Always. Uh, well, I was a cast member at one point, so I already knew the ins and outs and the drill. 
Um, and when I was, uh, when I was probably about eight or nine, my brother got lost (laughs) and I'll I'll never forget it because he was crying, but you know, everybody around him was laughing because we were standing right there. He just didn't see us. (laughs) He thought he got lost. So it was an experience, you know, and I remember it, I remember it well. Um, you know, we were watching the parade. We took one step over and he took one step the other direction. We could still see him, but he didn't see us. We started crying. Cast members stepped right in and said, okay, let's help you find your parents. We heard him. We turned around. We were right there. Um, you know, we got him right back, but definitely a concern for parents. Um, you know, cause stuff like that happens, especially when it's crowded. Um, and you just need to be aware that there are some things you can do to mitigate that Disney for their, for their part. One of the things they did at the entry gates, and this helped a lot of parents experiences and the angst was this, um, new fat, the new uh, magic band entry with the open turnstile so that you don't have to send the kids through one at a time. And um, I know that a lot of parents reacted to that very favorably because it makes life easier when you're getting in the park to kind of all stay together. Mm-hmm. So that's the first, the first thing. The second thing is um, at Disney, they typically call them lost parents and not lost kids just because right. you, try to, you, know, you try to play it in a way that's a lot softer. Right? You're not lost. Your parents are lost. And you just you know, you treat the kids that way. And what you do is um, you tell the kids early on in the, during the vacation, the first time you go in the park, you say, if something happens and we get separated, look for somebody with a name tag on. And they all have this, you know, the same similar name tag. And just look for somebody and tell them that you got separated. And the cast member will always help you. And that turned out to be a really good piece of advice that I've used a couple of times when my kids were little. Once or twice, I had my younger son got uh, separated from us in Animal Kingdom one time. And he realized what was going on. And he turned around. He saw a cast member. And he just started talking to her. And he's like, I'm lost. And she goes, okay, well, let's find your parents. And she, they started looking for us. They couldn't find us. We were already looking for him at that point. But we didn't find him right away. So um, we knew the other other tip and trick is if you can't find them, head back to the baby care station because that's where they take the, uh, the kids and find the lost parents there. So you can always head to the baby care station if your kids get lost, and they will, they will help them herd them back there, shepherd them back there so you can find them and you can uh, re- retrieve them from there. And there's no shame in it. It does happen. It happened to me. And, um, you know, my son, he still talks about that. He's so funny. He goes, remember the time I went over and I found the person and they took me to the baby care station? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet you'll never forget either. That's for sure. Cause sure. It just happens in an instant, especially in a crowded place. Mm-hmm. And also, there's so much stimulation in Disney World yeah. and little kids. Of course, you know, they're, they're fascinated and they see something and maybe walk towards it. And you're absolutely right. It could just be two steps. And suddenly they, they're in in a crowd and you can't see them and they can't see you. So the one thing that I find that is helpful is when I'm preparing for a trip, even if it's just a local thing, but especially in Disney World, I really plan our packing strategy Mm -hmm. and I dress my kids both in uh, similar colors or even Mm -hmm. the same shirt and also bright colors because I found that especially if you're in a crowd or if they're in a play area like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Adventure, if they're wearing bright yellow or bright orange, mm-hmm. they're going to be much easier to spot than if they're wearing navy blue or gray. So that has helped me a lot. Oh, definitely. That's a great idea. And I was also going to say for parents, you know, if you have that moment where you're, you're really fearful for your kids. I mean, you know, we have helicopter parents out there and there's nothing wrong with that. You'd be the kind of parent that you feel like you want to be. I, you know, I don't pass any judgment. I'm just saying that there are people like that. Um, if you want, you could t- you could always take a picture of your kids that morning too. So you know exactly what they're wearing and you have it on your phone with you. So if for some reason they get separated, you can show a cast member, this is who I'm looking for and this is what they're wearing. 
That's um, a great idea. And that's also a great keepsake. And you have a photo of your kids right in the day. They're all nice and clean and, exactly. and looking great. Um, also, I felt that by dressing my kids alike, it would help, too. I could show a cast member my other son is dressed just like this and have the photo, too. Yeah. So for all those reasons, that was really helpful. Another thing that I always did for my kids from a very early age is Obviously, kids don't have driver's licenses, or nor do they wear dog tags or anything like that. But there's there are several clever products out there that are for identification. The one that we use, though, is called Whose Shoes ID. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. They're really clever little um, devices that attach by Velcro to a kid's uh, shoelaces or um, even a Velcro strap. And inside, with the permanent marker, you can write your name, your phone number, the doctor's names, doctor's phone number, allergies. And we taught our kids then from a very early age that if you get lost, look for a cast member mm -hmm. or, you know, a mom or a dad with young kids and show them your shoe, show them your ID tag because it would be so simple for someone to take that off and then they would have our phone number. That's cool. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah they, they're really, really, really terrific, terrific, terrific things. Because little kids, even if they could remember a phone number, I'd say like at, at my son's ages, they're six and eight, they, could, they know their phone number. But they know their home phone number, not right. mine or my husband's cell phone number. And if you're lost, you're scared, and you're not really thinking clearly, and I really am not sure that even a six- or eight-year-old would remember their phone number under those circumstances. So with having some kind of identification, then you've got the phone number and parent's name right there. Yep. No, absolutely. So I, I think that's a great idea. And it, as the kids get older with the ubiquitous cell phones these days, I mean, you could always get them a cell phone, too, so they have one on them. Exactly. Um, Did my son tell you to say that? <laughs> <laughs> the campaign for the cell phone has already started. <laughs> and at eight years old, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, it is amazing, and that's and that's the way the world is going. I think you know they're going to have these devices attached to them, and then some. Many of the cell phones today have GPS enabled devices within them, so you can more easily find your kids through your own phone. So, makes life a little bit easier and a little more comfortable in some ways. Exactly, um, as parents. Um, I will tell you too that a lot of times, parents, uh, other parents that are in the park, are always looking out for kind of kids that are uh, lost, right? Um, there's a, somebody who's misplaced and, you know, they're, they're crying. And a lot of parents will wander over right away instinctively and just say, hey, let's see if we can help you and they'll help find a cast member to try to settle things down quickly, right? But, you know, there's, there's people out there, you know, there's lots of people out there who are looking and, you know, will kind of help out a little bit. So that's always a positive thing too because everybody's there to have a good time and, you know, there's usually not, uh, not any circumstances that are bad. Um, so things, things tend to work out that way. I, will I agree. I think people are sort of at their best in Disney World. I think people are always smile a little more quickly, help a little bit more quickly. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I can tell you other stories about my kids disappearing into crowds. My One of my sons, I think it was my younger one, ran off into a crowd one time. There was a, a queue, and he just ran off into it. And I'm, like, looking around, like, how am I going to get him back? Because there's a line of people. How am I going to get him back? And I see some guy walking out carrying my son, you know, like uh, the Lion King, just holding him up, like, hey, who's this? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, there's my son. Thanks very much. Um, and I and I got him back. And I, you know, I talked to him for a while. I'm like, why would you do that? Let's not do that again. He was probably two or three. You know, it's a little scary for the first thirty seconds or so until I saw the guy carrying him. But you know, it's that moment of, oh my god, what did he just do? And what, he's going to go backstage. He's going to get run over by a car. Um, but it turned out just fine because again, there was a parent looking out. There was somebody who who um, who saw him and just said, let's take him back out of the queue and let's see if we can find the parent. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Sure. So. 
So, yeah, that's one of the things that I think weighs on parents' minds the heaviest is safety mm-hmm. on trips and things. Um, another challenge I wonder if you've experienced that I think a lot of parents have is the challenge of uh, the souvenir buying and the, yes. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Would you agree? I think a oh, lot yeah. of parents have that Definitely. challenge. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, two things that kind of help with that that I'd love to share. Sure. Um, the one is before we go on a trip with our boys, they always have a specific clear amount of spending money. And that's probably a combination of money that they've saved, money that maybe they were gifted by their grandparents, and money that we've given them. But we're always very clear, you know, this is how much money you have to spend. I always keep it separately, mm-hmm. probably in an envelope with their name on it, so that it's a very clear. Tyler has X dollars, Austin has X dollars. And so it's also a good learning experience, I think, for them to learn a little bit about how to manage money because on day one of your trip, when you see a train set that costs the amount of money you have in your envelope, you know, mm-hmm. the child is faced with a big decision of do I want to use it all for this or do I want to save it? Um, so that has helped a lot. Another thing that helped us a lot is um, not only with with the gimmies, but also with behavior, especially when my boys were little. Before we left, I had a really good time shopping. I bought a number of small small things, like a Matchbox car or a little notebook and pen set, and I wrapped them all like presents. And my boys knew that we were taking these along. They were in the bag. And if we had good behavior all day long, when we sat down to dinner, they would each get a, a small gift. Mm. And it worked like a charm. That's a really nice thing. That's a great idea. (laughs) It really, really worked. This was when my boys were four and two, and then when they were six and four. In those ages, you know, where it's hard, they're tired, it's very stimulating, they're totally Mm -hmm. out of their element. You know, behavior, who hasn't seen children having, you know, a bad episode? Meltdown. Um, Yep. Exactly, exactly. But to, for them to know that if I'm, if I really follow the rules, if I, if I, if I uh, listen, if I behave, they were going to get a, a great reward at dinner time. It really helped. That's a great idea. You know, and your idea of putting uh, money in an envelope is a is a tremendous one too. I know I've done that with my kids before, and that way they know what they have. And as they get a little older, uh, it's hard to do this when they're younger. When they get a little older, they start to under, understand the idea of sales tax, too. The price that's on there is not the price that you're paying for it. Yeah. So, you know, where it's, you know, it's a $6 thing, right, but it's actually $6.36. You know, when they're younger, I'll make up the, the sales tax on whatever. But as they get older, they start to understand that, too. So they have to kind of figure it out. They have to understand that there's a little bit more going in. And it's a learning moment, right? So they learn exactly. a little bit more about it. Who says going to Disney is an educational? You're absolutely right. Absolutely. <laughs> very good point. So it's kind of fun. And um, it's, it's kind of neat to be able to do that with them. I, you know, we do different things. There's different strategies that different parents have about how you, how you manage it. We, you know, we give the kids some. We have a number of pins that we give them each, each trip, and we just have them set aside. And it's like, okay, you have ten pins. Um, you know, if you want to trade them, that's fine. If you want to keep them, that's fine. If you, whatever you want to do, they're, you know, they're yours, but they're your responsibility now. That's terrific. This is, you know, when you mentioned pins, it made me think of something that we did for the first time our past trip. Um, my boys were five and seven, so a little bit older. Um, you know how you go to Disney World and you come into contact with so many incredible cast members and the people who just go out of the out of their way mm-hmm. to do above and beyond the Call of Duty. Well, I thought it might be really neat to recognize that. 
So before we went on our trip, I bought a bunch of small pins, and these pins just happened to be from the company that my father worked for, retired after 42 years, Mack Trucks. They're uh, the little bulldogs, you know, that you see on the front of the trucks. Okay. So I bought, I think, about 20 pins or so, and I carried them with me, and I told my boys, you know, when we encounter someone who does something really special for us, let's give them a pin. And I cannot tell you what a great experience it was. My, it made my kids so happy and so proud, and it was neat to see them gain the confidence because it takes a little confidence to, to say to someone, you know, you were really nice. I want to give this to you, especially for a little boy. And the cast members' responses were incredible. They were just so touched and um, so gracious. And that was a wonderful thing for my sons, I think, to feel that them doing something so nice for someone made them feel so good. So that was really something special. Yeah, that's a great one. You know, I always, I always, um, anytime my kids have a question, uh, even if I know the answer, I I try and encourage them to talk to a cast member. Ask ask the question (laughs) to that person. Just because it's a great way for them to open up and be, you know, be able to talk to people and communicate and, you know, and say thank you and, you know, use, you know, learn a little bit, right? Again, being, showing their manners and, you know, learning how to interact with other people. It's, you know, because it's a non-threatening environment. So it's, it's fantastic for that kind of a thing. Exactly. That's a great tip. And if you, and if you, um, if you don't want to bring a, um, a pins to hand out, you could always write down the, the cast members' names and go back to uh, City Hall and or you know the, uh, the Guest Relations Center and whatever park you're in and uh, note their names and let them know, too, so that way they get a little feedback that they did a great job. That's always an option you have. Um, you know, so that way they get a little recognition along the way. As a former cast member, that's one of the most fun things that ever happens when you get recognition that you never expected. Um, so that's, it's really cool. I mean, you know, the, the thing about taking kids is if they're little, the other thing we didn't mention is you can take them over to, um, the baby care stations in each one of the, uh, parks. And, um, those stations are great. Uh, they're, you know, that you have a little space that's set aside where you can go in and for the really little ones, you can take a nap. Nursing mothers have a room in there. There's, uh, changing tables and, um, you know, the, if you don't, ha- if you run out of supplies, they'll sell you a couple of things. Um, they have a couple of things that they'll give you, but, you know, they'll sell you the, any necessities that you need. Um, and you can kind of uh, take a little break from the day, especially in the heat of the day. It's a great way to just take a little break with the kids and take them in. There's little kid-sized restrooms in there and some other things, and you can just relax. And- That's a great idea. And I think earlier on in our first trip when my kids were really little, I didn't think it was worth the walk across the park to get to the baby care center, so mm-hmm. I would just go to any old bathroom. Later on, I realized it is worth the walk. <laughs> the baby care centers are, like, wonderful. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, they're, they're clean and they're comfortable, and the TV's always tuned into some Disney show, and there's some little toys to play with. And it's just nice because you can go in there, you just change the child, and you move on. And it's, you know, it's nice. You don't have to kind of wrestle with being in a, being in a big public restroom trying to change the, change the kids, which, uh, <laughs> which is always a challenge. Absolutely. Now that's cool because that's that's one of those things that I think is really neat that Disney offers that you know they have the opportunity you have an opportunity to do things. Um, of course, uh, one of the other things we didn't talk about was um, strollers and uh, stroller strategy. Um, yes. Each of the theme parks rents a single or double stroller. Um, they're the hard plastic strollers. They don't lie back, and they're nice. You know, they're they're fine for the purpose of being able to get around the park, and they make life a little easier. And you can hang hang your stuff on it, and that certainly helps. Um, but I always like to recommend to people, even if you're traveling in from out of town, buy a cheap umbrella stroller to, to take with you. Because the one thing about the plastic strollers is you, they don't leave the park. So you're leaving the Magic Kingdom and you've got to get on the monorail and, you know, then maybe you have to get on a bus or you have to go somewhere else. And you don't have your stroller with you at that point. So now you're carrying the child. 
And it's exactly. easier if you at have the, your own little store. At the end of the most tired and you're the most tired. Exactly. At the end of the day. Exactly. So it's easier if you have a little stroller with you. And, um, you know, they're not that expensive. A lot of them fold up. You can check them at the airport if you want, whatever. Um, but, you know, think about the strategy that way. Rather than just having a stroller in the park, you can t- uh, get a cheap umbrella stroller um, that you can pick up at, you know, Target or Kmart or Walmart or whatever. And then it, you have it with you. It's one more thing to have to carry, but I'm telling you that's one of those things that is well worth it. It really is because I think a lot of people who haven't gone to Disney World yet maybe don't realize that you can have a pretty long walk from either your parking, you know, from where that bus drops you off all the way back to your room. And your child will be tired. You will be tired. Your child will feel three times as heavy as he normally is. Um, We actually did one trip. We brought a stroller from home. And there were a benefit to that. The one benefit to that was my children were comfortable. They knew the stroller. They were used to the stroller. We were used to the stroller. Um, But then another trip we actually rented a stroller. There's several companies I know we used magic strollers and that was great because we didn't have to bring the stroller from home but we had all the benefits of being able to use it our entire trip because they brought it to us. Yes. They brought it to our resort. We just had to return it at the front desk. But like you, what you said about the uh, Disney's rentals can't leave the park. We were able to use this our length of stay. Yeah. And also, you make a good point about that. Is I don't think you can rent Disney strollers in places like downtown Disney, right? Right, that's correct. You so cannot. that stroller, our magic stroller, you know, whatever our stroller from home, went everywhere that we went. Yeah, and the, the thing about these uh, stroller rental places, whichever one you, you pick, they all have um, they have different models of strollers. So it's not just the cheapy umbrella stroller that you might pick up at Target or whatever. Um, these are sometimes really nice strollers that re- recline and do some different things and have a little more space. So, you know, you, you can pick a little, something a little bit bigger than you, that you don't have to carry with you on the plane or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Now, one thing we learned quickly, though, is uh, you have to fold the stroller, of course, to get it onto the bus. Yep. The problem is you can't fold the stroller if it has four Disney merchandise bags <laughs> hanging <laughs> off of it and underneath it. So my husband and I developed a pretty quick strategy where one of us would grab all the bags, pull them off the stroller, the other person would fold up the stroller. So um, this is something to keep in mind. You don't want to be the person at the beginning of the line on the bus kind of frantically trying to fold a stroller up. That's a great point, and actually that, uh, that leads me around to one other point I wanted to make is that, you know, for your kids, um, as you go into the park, you can certainly, and for you too as an adult, you can bring some snacks with you. Bring some bottles of water, some juice, some, you know, snacks, even a sandwich if you want to. Um, Disney is totally cool with that. Uh, they know you're a captive audience and you're going to spend some money anyway, so they're fine. You know, bring a little picnic with you if you want. The only thing they don't allow is a hard cooler. Um, so if you put it in, you know, soft coolers or you just put it in a pla- you know, plastic bag or a backpack, that's fine. And um, it makes life easier. I, and I thought of that because I often put, like, that stuff in the bottom of a stroller when I bring it in. So, <laughs> and so I find myself in that situation frequently. Like, I come up to the tram and I go, oh, yeah, i got to take everything out to be able to get on the tram. Um, so I frequently walk from the, uh, from the uh, car to the, the front gate, but I just prefer that anyway. But it, so it works out, you know, same kind of a thing where you have to think about those things. And, you know, if you have the, you know, have the means to bring it with you, that's great. But there are a couple of delivery services, you know, the grocery delivery services that will... Uh, deliver to your hotel if you need some supplies. Um, Want to have some things that uh, that are maybe heavier that you can just have delivered right to your room or to the front desk anyway. Um, and it makes life easier sometimes. Uh, you know, you get some bottled waters or some juice boxes or whatever the, your kids are going to be happy with or um, apple juice or um, chocolate milk, whatever. Um, and you can just have it delivered. Then you have it there whenever the kids want it. Exactly, yep. And sometimes, you know, especially little kids, they get hungry, very hungry very quickly. Mm -hmm. And if you just have a snack handy in your bag, 
you could kind of head off a tantrum maybe or, or an upset with just a little snack, you know. Mm-hmm. It really goes a long way. And, and I don't think we could overstress the importance of drinking. You don't want to get dehydrated, you know. If your kids will drink water that's great or juice, whatever they like, it's good to have on hand because the more they drink, the better they feel. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, you know, you don't need to remind me that uh, Disney gets extremely hot during the summer. It's inland in, uh, in Florida. So you're, uh, you're talking about temperatures that swell into the 90s and the, um, the uh, uh, humidity can be very high. So you can lose a lot, of, uh, a lot of hydration very quickly. So stay hydrated, especially make sure the kids have liquid in them. Um, so always give them water. Exactly. And that makes me think, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, it's also important to bring plenty of sunscreen and hats or sunglasses, even maybe for children who wouldn't normally wear sunglasses in Florida with the sun baking on them, they might be more willing to. And I always bring two pairs per person because they are easily lost <laughs> and not easily and inexpensively replaced. So, Great, great point. Yeah, I've lost more pairs of glasses and sunglasses and things like that and hats and things over the years than I'd care to admit. Um, but you're absolutely right. Just having that stuff around is a really great thing to do. And uh, sunscreen, one of those essentials, especially if you're from the north where you have maybe fairer skin, um, you know, and uh, you come to Florida and it's like, you know, the sun's baking down on you and you're waiting in a line somewhere and you're just like, oh, my goodness, it's so hot. Right. Um, exactly. And don't forget to reply, reapply the sunscreen if you've been swimming or sweating mm-hmm. because I think it's generally two hours. So it's, it's very important. And especially little children, they, they get sunburned very easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't be fooled by the fact that it may be overcast because the UV is still coming through and you may still get a burn. So uh, just keep that in mind. A little, little important uh, Florida tip for you. <laughs> good, good. No, very good. Well, Jennifer, I, you know, I think that's, I think that's some great stuff. Um, you know, I think, I hope we help some people maybe do a little Disney planning and, uh, you know, bringing kids to Disney. It's not, it's not hard. It just, you know, takes a little bit of forethought to make sure that you're prepared for all the realities that are going to be set you. And you just hope your kid is not the one throwing that big meltdown tantrum there in the park, but they will be at some point. They, they all will. <laughs> unavoidable exactly thank you dave very much for this opportunity i really appreciate it you're welcome and i appreciate you coming on with us so thank you remember if we can dream it we really can do it bye now thank you for tuning in to the disney view podcast now please exit the moving podcast the walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step if you have questions thoughts or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found on disneyworldpodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app.